and welcome to Adaptivist Live, the Atlassian Ecosystem Podcast. This is episode 122, The Bitbucket's Full. I'm your host, Ryan Spilkin, and joining me for this raucous cleanout of news from all around the Atlassian ecosystem are Brenda Burl and Matthew Stubblefield. Brenda, Matthew, hello. Hello. Nice to see you both today. Oh, what a pleasure. It is a hot one out there, and uh, maybe that's because all the weight of this news is compacting it, and the heat <laughs> is rising. I don't think you know how physics works. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, you know, I read a book about it once. It was called, uh, <laughs> if you could all see the look Brenda just gave me. You read a book? <laughs> Shocked but delighted. <laughs> okay, all right. Enough of that tomfoolery, folks. We have big, big, epic enterprise-scale news to talk about. And let's go ahead and begin Joining us now is Agile at Scale consulting team lead and former podcast guest, Rizwan Hassan. Riz, thanks so much. Hey, Ryan. How's it going? Good to be here. Always a pleasure to see you, sir. Uh, not not moved to Europe yet, I see. Not yet. Almost there, though. Um, actually getting married next month. Pretty excited. Oh, man. I'm so excited for you. But, Riz, you're not here to talk about the wedding plans, even though I can't wait to hear more. You are here to talk about Adaptivist's newest certification from Atlassian. What is that certification? So that certification is the Agile at Scale specialization. Uh, that was a specialization that Atlassian has granted its platinum partners who've shown that they can deploy Jira Align into a complex enterprise customer environment. Tell me about the journey that our team went on to earn this certification. So the journey started in 2019 when a small group of folks uh, traveled to Atlassian's offices in Austin, and we did a boot camp. It was right after Atlassian uh, purchased AgileCraft, so uh, the former company that had produced the tool and uh, acquired it into Atlassian's kind of ecosystem and kind of product family. And it was a new tool. Uh, it was a lot to learn. There was, and it was a big step for Atlassian to reach a market for customers who had used Jira for years, but really needed a way to kind of scale that visibility up to higher levels. Jira out of the box really couldn't do that. There were solutions in place, but uh, Jira Line was the, the the product that Atlassian was betting on was that was really going to take. Uh, on Atlassian to the next level uh, in terms of having a real enterprise kind of tooling ecosystem uh, under its belt. So they invited uh, a few select partners, Adaptivists included, uh, to really start to learn about this. And once that boot camp was completed, it took two weeks. Uh, I was in Austin, Texas, had a great time there, met a lot of cool, cool folks. Shout out to Matt McGee from Atlassian, who was our bootcamp trainer. Uh, after that, it was basically to the races, and we started to work with customers who were implementing Jira Align. And we've been on that journey um, until very recently. This happened, and this journey took uh, was not a straight line. 
Uh, it, it took a lot of windy roads. You know, we failed a few times. We failed fast. We learned, we iterated. And now I'm kind of proud to say that I think our Jira line offering is probably one of the best in the market because we've actually done it. We've lived it. We've made the mistakes and we know where those mistakes can, can come from a technical, technical point of view, from a change management point of view. Uh, from a people point of view, from a process point of view. And we're pretty excited to be recognized by Atlassian in this space. And it's giving us a lot of energy here. That is fantastic. However, um, when you start to look at enterprise organizations and implementing Agile at scale, it has to be about more than the tool, right? So what is what have we brought to the table outside of just knowing how to, to uh, configure uh, the correct options in a line. So along this journey, we, 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 uh, we really learned the toughest part about these implementations. And to your point, it's, it's not about the tools here. It's about people and process. And one thing that Adaptivist actually has a very uh, strong team uh, on the ground is a team that focuses on this type of people and process change transformation. So when we talk about Jira Align and talk about actually deploying it, we actually start uh, this with a people and process conversation. We go, we look at what things are you doing today as an organization that can or cannot scale, right? And that's different for everybody. And Part of that involves really looking deeply into your wider ecosystem as an organization and understanding where you deliver value. So one thing we really focus on in the beginning of a customer engagement is understanding and identifying your value stream and playing it back to you. And what's really interesting when we work with customers that sometimes even with stakeholders in the same department or same business unit, they have wildly different ideas on what their value stream is and how they deliver value. And if your people aren't aligned in that way and how you deliver value, then the tool isn't going to solve your problem. That's where the real challenge is with a Jira line implementation is that it's not a tooling problem. Once you have your people and processes set and agreed on and people are excited about it, then the tooling becomes a no brainer. It's easy to do that. But the tough part, the challenging part, and the fun and rewarding part is the beginning steps of kind of understanding and really aligning the organization to what the value stream is and how you want to be able to capture that in a tool and visualize it. Wow, Riz. Well, congratulations on the Agile at Scale certification and uh, really excited to see you go through this, this journey to become such a master at the scaled agile practice. Tremendous, man. Far from a master, but I appreciate the, uh, appreciate the props, Ryan. <laughs> I'm getting there. And now let's take a look in the cloud where there are, well, to put it nicely, just a whole lot of updates for you as an admin or as an end user. Let's look at what's available at, on the Jira platform at large. The first item is you're now able to view all items and their subtasks in your calendar. 
so you can have a better view when accessing your calendar of what work is due when. And um, with somebody who has a lot of deadlines, I could see that being quite a view, quite a nerve and <laughs> nerve wracking view to, to access. <laughs> Very packed. In the new, in the issue view, you'll now be able to see emails when picking out a user. So when picking users for fields on the issue view, such as assigning a user, you can see their email underneath their name. This is going to apply to both the single user picker and the multi-user picker fields. Uh, so this now means you can quickly differentiate people on your team with the same name. I don't know how often that's a problem that you've run into. No more asking people to legally change their names to differentiate them in the user pickers. Well, and, and not just that, but it's surprising to me because you guys probably recall a few years ago, um, the scaling back of user information that was visible in the UI for security purposes. And like everything was getting really abstracted and apps can no longer pick up usernames. And, and like, I was actually kind of surprised to see that we can now see both name and email because when you combine two pieces of information, it becomes protected uh, identity information. And so having name plus email could potentially be that. I, I'm happy. I think it's helpful. Uh, I do wonder what hoops they had to jump through to, to get uh, legal to sign off on it, though. Yeah, interesting to see how, where that goes in the future. In the roadmap function, you're now able to filter by overlapping dates. So these, this new overlapping filter will only show the dependencies that require your attention on the timeline. I like what they had to say about it, that it's not the bat signal lighting up when Gotham needs help, but um, it'll help you find dependencies that need some attention. Team managed projects have some new keyboard-oriented um, functions available. One is control F. When using a team managed project, now control F will take you uh, directly into search. And continuing on the theme of keyboard shortcuts, Atlassian has heard that some people prefer to work with issues with the keyboard, so they've added more actions to the dot menu. So to check out these options, just press the dot while you're viewing an issue and you'll see a menu of the actions, which include workflow transitions, admin settings if you're an admin, and more. Those of you in countries like the United States might call this the period key. Next up, Jira users can now get access to the project pages feature if it's enabled on a project. Users on approved email domains can select the join confluence button and they'll be able to access and start using projects right away. Users who aren't on approved email domains will have to request access by selecting the Request Access button. You'll find links to all of this news in our show notes. In the new issue view, Automatic Assignee is now available. When you're editing an issue, you can now choose the Automatic option, which will assign the issue to either the default assignee of the project or one of the issue's components. The project menu has also been improved. Atlassian is improving this menu to help navigate projects with ease and find your work faster. As part of this work, they've made the following initial updates. And this is rolling out. You, won't, you might not see this. Matthew probably doesn't have it yet. Menu items are now grouped into categories that describe the software development lifecycle, which would be planning, development, and operations. And in company-managed projects, the board switcher has had some visual updates to better delineate board-scoped views, like backlog and reports. Just 
the city sitting here <laughs> shaking my head and sighing heavily. This is like my 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 project management red light is going off of like so you just decided that our our software development life cycle is planning, development, and operations, and that's it. <laughs> yep. And this is in the platform updates, not the Jira software updates, when we've been told for years anybody can use Jira. You don't have to well, use and because it's in the platform updates and we're referring to projects, are we talking about the project templates and confluence? The the phrasing suggests that it's in Jira software, but it's it's hard to say. I just I so I like the idea categorization of of menu options and, and being able to do that. Um, would have preferred to see it be modifiable or translatable because um, they've used like the i eighty nine stuff in the past to make it where you can translate certain menu options um, or that the admin can create categories and group things together in a way that works for their users. Um, I think planning development operations, one is just word choices and two is like, that is how it works. Um, what do you mean, Matthew? You don't plan, develop and operate. I mean, really, it's just, what you know, sort of project manager are you? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a quite a bit different from say our instructional design workflow. Um, or, or technical writing, or even some of the, the software development stuff that we do does, does have a, a bit of a different cycle. Well, remember, these are just like broad categories with which projects are lumped in for navigation mm -hmm. purposes, not for necessarily sorting the work that happens in them. That being said, it's clumsy. Mm. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. It feels um, like it could use some UX research on it. Moving on. With another platform-wide update, dependencies between items are just going further in depth. We've talked about dependencies being indicated with click and drag recently. And now um, you can add these dependencies in the timeline view, and you'll have some more options to define that relationship. Matthew, you remember that one time where I couldn't remember the word to indicate the connection between two issues? That was a good time. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I do remember that. Yeah. All right. And finally, for the Jira issue view, this is a big time saver. When linking one issue to another in the issue view, along with searching for the issue, you can now just simply copy and paste the issue URL so you don't have to go through the process of searching. You can just drop in the link because I know you have it open in another tab already. Mm -hmm. Come on. <laughs> Who are we kidding here? So uh, give that a shot. Jira Software Cloud has a few updates as well, specific to the software platform. And the first is that the deployments feature has been enabled for all projects with deployments data. When you have a code development tool integrated with your Jira project, deployments feature will be enabled to give you visibility into your deployment pipelines against, against issues over a timescale. Jira Service Management has now added outsider comments to be added to tickets via email. You can now allow external emails containing a valid issue key to be added as a comment to an issue. There is further documentation available on this update, and of course, we'll link you to that. Turning our wandering gaze to Confluence Cloud, uh, the first big update is sort of several things all tied together uh, under the heading of creating blogs and top-level pages from the sidebar. So uh, in your space, you can now use the plus button next to blog or page sections in the, the space sidebar. Uh, you can more quickly take actions from the sidebar and do common tasks, such as um, editing, renaming a page, uh, 
following a page or starring it, you know, that you, you got it listed as a favorite, um, getting the link for a page. So for all of these, you're just hovering over a page title in the, the left nav, and you get this more action menu that pops up. So for all of these, you just hover over a page title in the left nav, and this sort of more action menu will appear. Um, so you wouldn't necessarily know it was there until you hovered over it. And then you get the little dots, you click on that, and then you'll have this, this list of actions for the page, which is pretty cool. One of the things I think is interesting with this is it, it follows sort of a design pattern that was tried in Jira of moving a bunch of stuff to a left sort of sidebar and nav, which my understanding kind of through the grapevine was that user response that was pretty negative. And since then, a lot of that has moved back to a top nav. Um, so I think it's interesting to see the decision here to move stuff into the left nav and confluence. It is different. It's a, a different implementation, different tools, but like I'm curious to see how users respond to it um, and how discoverable uh, some of these things will be, um, given that they're, you know, a lot of the actions are hidden behind a hover menu, a more menu that you only see on hover. Um, but, you know, last gets lots of analytics. Um, beyond all that, if the person who's logged in doesn't have permission to do one of these things, the action's grayed out, along with info stating there are restrictions, uh, which then lets you know you could go and, and talk to an administrator about that if you do need additional permissions. See, this this pumps me up because I have been, I, I was one of those people who was watching the hackathon at Summit like 2016, and one of the teams made a, made a plugin that allowed users to really robustly edit the confluence mm. uh the the confluence the, the tree nav right yeah yeah. Tree nav. yeah and that so that got me all excited and this calls back to that excitement it's not quite yeah like, you know it's not the drag and drop that we wanted it's because no. it's this more when you get moved which at that point you presumably just get the pop-up where you you sort of type in the page that you wanted to be under and, and click reorder or something um yeah Having an archive on there is nice uh, as well. We talked about archiving in the past. So, um, rename, yeah, it's, though, re come, uh, rename is massive. That's that's really mm -hmm. handy. Yeah, yeah that's right. It's, it's nice having that separate formatting. So, um, I would just be curious to see what the uptake is. Um, I would not be surprised in the future if that the more dots or something just become like a, if you have edit permissions, you see that all the time. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, being able to control when a page or blog gets published, real excited about this one. Um, so you can now schedule this, schedule in advance and uh, set the time by uh, both time and date by using the more menu and then schedule publish. Uh, no notifications are sent to those you've mentioned or those watching the page, blogger space until the content is actually published, which is a nice change for how I've done it in the past of saving it as a restricted page and then waiting to make it visible. You know, so what happens is you save as a restricted page, everybody gets notified, they try to go look at it, they have to request access, and then you're like, ah, I, I know I told you I mentioned you on this page, but I'm not really ready for it to be public, public yet. So, um, yeah, scheduling in advance, super nice. Um, so, you know, similarly, Slack has added the ability to schedule messages that you're going to send out in the future, and I'm loving that. Uh, you know, working in a global team, being able to schedule blog posts and pages and Slack messages and all this stuff, be able to say, I'm, I'm not going to send this to you out of hours. I'm going to wait until you're back in the office. I really like those types of features. So this is a, a really nice ad. Uh, next up in the editor, uh, undo and redo your changes using the editor toolbar. Um, so if you don't want to use keyboard shortcuts, I mean, they're still there. They love the keyboard shortcuts. But if you want to click a button in the toolbar, 
undo and redo buttons have been added. I think this is a um, um, an accessibility feature, effectively. Uh, mm-hmm. Nice to have sort of back in there. It's been, you see it in different WYSIWYGs. It gets added and removed from toolbars periodically, but I think it's good to have it in here. Uh, being able to add a header image to your page or blog, um, which feels a little bit like a, a WordPress feature to me of um, uh, having that, that image up there. But um, nice to have uh, adding emojis to the page or blog title. Um, I have a feeling that will be, well, you know, it just makes me glad this is cloud updates instead of data center or server because emojis <laughs> break all kinds of things in different databases. So um, we like emojis and I like that I don't have to deal with it on data center. I like emojis. I don't necessarily want them in page or blog titles just from the standpoint of. Yeah. Just, well, just don't. <laughs> you know, I, I think this is one of those features where it's, it's for the youths, right? Uh, youths. The youths. The not so much us. But, uh, yeah, we're not youths you know. by a long shot. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Hate yeah. to break it to you, Ryan. <laughs> You're not a youth anymore. But I, one of the things I think Get is interesting lawn, here. Take these emojis out of this title. <laughs> the emojis show up in the page title uh, in the page tree uh, and other places. And um, I'm now thinking through, you know, like um, I use a, a tool called uh, YNAB. You need a budget for my budget. And I've started adding emojis to my budget categories, uh, which is a similar sort of like vertical navigation. And being able to add, uh, we are adding emojis already actually on our um, some of our data center pages. So as much as I was railing about it earlier and how it causes issues database, I'm now recalling that one of my teams has gone through and added emojis to their parent pages because it just makes it so much quicker to visually navigate. It can be useful. I, I acknowledge that, but still youths. <laughs> uh, and that's, uh, that's confluence for these two weeks. So now that I've railed on emojis a little bit, I will shift gears. Um, in Bitbucket, just a quick update to Bitbucket Cloud, workspace runners now available. These allow you to run builds and pipelines on your own infrastructure, and you won't be charged for the build minutes used by your self-hosted runners. You can add runners to your pipelines and specific repos or at the workspace level, which then applies those runners to all repos in that workspace. So just a little, little update for Bitbucket Cloud. Okay, Brenda, Brenda, can I use these new workspace runners to mine my cryptos? Can I get my doge? Atlassian is making some changes to prevent exactly that. Um, So in a blog posted yesterday, we're recording this on July 20th, 2021. um, Atlassian has noticed um, a massive increase in abuse um, from bad actors taking advantage of free accounts, free minutes to mine cryptocurrencies. It's had a big impact on their performance. It's requiring their team to um, work around the clock just to maintain quality of service for customers. Um, so to reduce abuse for crypto mining, yeah, what a, what a future we live in. Um, to reduce the abuse there, they're going to be rolling out some changes in their CI/CD user experience. Now for new users, and this is effective basically immediately, new users um, will have to set up two-step verification to enable Bitbucket pipelines. Existing paid teams do not have to do so. Um, It's recommended, obviously. You can enable it. Um, It secures your account by requiring a second confirmation in addition to the password. 
we'll link to the blog post in the show notes, of course, there's a GIF that shows you how to do this. Note that pushing back to your repo or making API calls with your username and password as credentials is not supported with two-step verification. So in addition to the two-step verification, Atlassian's engineering team has also shipped some additional improvements, um, strictly enforcing pipelines, minutes, quotas, reducing the existing grace period for free tier users, automatic detection and blocking of abusive accounts, terminating in-progress pipelines of abusive accounts, and then cluster isolation for trusted versus untrusted workloads for better containment during mining attempts. Um, and Atlassian's aware that some of these mitigations may mean your customer experience is not ideal. They're going to continue working on them over the next few weeks, but they believe that this is the best thing to do for their customers. So for more information on that, again, check the show notes. Sorry, Ryan, you're going to have to mine your crypto somewhere else. Musk, you guys. <laughs> yeah, so that call now. I hear he's in space at the moment. I hope he stays. There. Uh, no, <laughs> that that was this morning, and it was Bezos, not Musk. Oh shoot! I can't keep my billionaire straight. Oh, it's it's a problem we all have. <laughs> well, one fewer problem that we'll have in the future is with JQL in the cloud. There's a new issue search experience uh, in Jira Cloud that is just gorgeous. I'm really excited about this. Uh, so there's some nice gifts, some nice screenshots during a before and after. The first time I looked at this, I was like, I'm, I'm struggling to see uh, what's different. Um, that's because I'm uh, dumb or uh, maybe toddler tired. Uh, from the little ones because uh, I kept staring at the before and I'm just like, but that the before, that's exactly what it looks like right now. That's what's different. That's exactly how it looks. Um, you have to scroll just slightly further and there's an after and the after is beautiful. Um, so in the JQL, if there's something wrong, uh, you now get a little like red underline like you would see in a spell check in Word or, or Google Docs or something. You can hover over it to get some indication of what's wrong. Smart syntax hi highlighting uh, of uh, the JQL makes it so much more readable, uh, which is super nice. Makes it much easier to parse if you've got longer uh, JQL statements. Better autocomplete. Um, that's, you know, autocomplete's been around for a while, but uh, we're getting a lot more sort of detail in it, a lot more options that we're seeing. It's it's a bit, I don't know, smarter, I guess. It, it, it feels to me like, you know, Elastin's been investing a lot in their smart search and surfacing what they think uh, are likely to be the most relevant results. This feels very similar. So if you watch the GIFs of the build queries with an enhanced autocomplete, it um, feels like you're, you're just getting sort of a smarter or, or you know, it's, it's better guessing what you're looking for, um, being able to expand out the JQL window. I mentioned earlier the, you know, interesting, the, the change of being able to see emails uh, with browse users associated with names right here, see coworkers instead of user IDs. So it's another kind of like reversion. You know, this is something that a lot of people complain about. We're really concerned with it really inhibits use, having to look up user IDs to use them in, in queries and whatnot. Uh, being able to kind of like go back to the way we were and see names and not just names, but the user profile images in the JQL uh, is super slick. So there's a demo video towards the bottom, and this is actually an Atlassian community post, so you can comment on it, uh, engage, provide feedback, but I am just blown away. Um, I've mentioned before, I, I think that we're likely to be moving more and more to Jira Cloud 
Uh, one of my teams is currently building a Forge app. We're doing all of that through um, Jira Cloud and Bitbucket uh, in the cloud. And I just, uh, it, this is lovely. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about these uh, JQL changes. So kudos to everybody involved at Atlassian who was working on that. This is brilliant. Makes me very happy. Matthew, are you going to take that app that your team's developing to Codegeist? Because it's back for 2021. That is true that it is back. Uh, so uh, Codegeist 2021, for those of you who aren't familiar, it's a, sort of like a, an Atlassian contest. I say sort of. It is. It just is an Atlassian it, contest. Yeah, that's what um, <laughs> Uh, in 2021, there are three categories. Um, so you're building an app for cloud. There's apps for DevOps teams, apps for IT, and apps for business teams. And uh, before the podcast, I was telling Ryan and Brenda, uh, one of my teams is currently building a Forge app. Um, so I've talked before about Learn for Jira, which we currently have on server and data center. We're building a cloud version in Forge. And I, I think we could get there by middle of September um, because the um, sort of range of dates for this is July 12th through September 13th. So if you, like us, are building a Forge app, um, you could submit it uh, for the contest. There's prize money. Um, there's, there's other bonus categories. There's swag, um, all kinds of things. And uh, if, you, if you've got some, some coding you know, experience and knowledge, um, we at least are finding Forge so far to be pretty quick um, to work with, to, to get things stood up. Um, so we are, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. Things always end up taking longer than you expect, right? Um, but I'm cautiously optimistic, you know, we should be able to hit that. And I think other teams, if you've been thinking about a Forge app, um, it hit general availability a while ago. Uh, you can now sell Forge apps to the marketplace, which you couldn't do until it hit general availability. Uh, there is really no better time um, to try it. I mean, I say that the future will actually probably be a better time. There will be more features and support and, and better UI stuff. But like, uh, you know, submit to a contest, uh, you can win a prize and that would be swell. So uh, we'll link to the Code Guys 2021 announcement. Uh, check it out for ideas of, of what you could build, what the, the tracks are. And you can also see the Code Guys 2020 winners um, to get an idea of uh, what has played well in the past. Super brief Jira data center server on-premise update. Uh, super brief because the update was removed. Uh, 8.18.0 was released on 1st of July 2021, removed on 15th of July 2021 uh, due to a bug. It should not be installed. If you downloaded 8.18.0 and had been planning on installing that this weekend, don't. Don't, don't do that. Um, just take the weekend off and enjoy uh, the bug uh, introduced in 8.18.0 will be fixed in 8.18.1, uh, which has not yet been released. And uh, if you have already installed it um, in the uh, release notes we linked down at the bottom, you can see the upgrade notes for a temporary workaround uh, for the bug. The bug in question, <laughs> after upgrading to 8.18, Jira is unresponsive after around four hours. Uh, <laughs> threads get stuck while the universal plugin manager is on cache. And uh, just uh, everything, everything just decides to take a nap. So um, there is a workaround uh, you can do. 
Um, the change is cluster wide. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's gonna, um, break some things. It, it's, uh, you've got to disconnect from the Elastic marketplace, sort of turn UPM off, which then prevents you from finding new apps or receiving free updates until you, you get updated or up, you know, um, to 818.1 once it comes out. So, um, yeah, critical severity bug, um, highest priority. Um, if hopefully you, you did not, you know, hopefully you followed our typical advice, uh, which is, well, actually, no, I was going to say our typical advice is, uh, it's safe to upgrade if it's not a dot O release. It's technically at 818.0, but typically we'd be like, oh, that's going to be fine. Um, so, um, if you've already updated, there's a workaround. If you haven't just wait, uh, and hopefully 818.1 will be out. If I was to guess by the next time we, we do this podcast, it'll, it'll probably be next week. I, I wouldn't be surprised uh, when that comes out. Not nearly as critical, um, but definitely a bug worth fixing. Um, Bitbucket 7.14.1 is out, resolves two issues, one of which being SSO for Atlassian Data Center can't be enabled after upgrading to Bitbucket 7.13 and up. Minor detail if you're using that. Um, so that has been resolved in 7.14.1, um, along with a bug around um, an admin being able to downgrade or remove a group with sysadmin privilege. Um, so just a couple of things, those are linked out to in the release notes. It's actually added to the notes for 7.14.0, which is just a couple of small fixes, I think, that were added. Uh, we'll link to that in the show notes. I think the security vulnerability one, the admin can downgrade or remove is particularly um, interesting. I'm using the description is the vulnerability affects certain versions of Elastic Dev Tools. Please describe the impact of the vulnerability here. No known vulnerability could be read off of the parent. Yeah, so not it's a like lot of information. We we fixed this. <laughs> We're not sure that it was actually an issue, but you know what? Taken care of. That or the description would have been um, giving away too much information for. Mm. Could be. Yeah. Could be. So so it's one that uh, there, there is there is a little information about it. Um, it's ranked as low priority, but it is a public security vulnerability. Um, it looks like it actually affects versions as far back as 7.0.6. Um, yeah, so yeah. 6.10. 6 something was 11. fixed in 6.10.12. Um, mm. There was another fix in 7.6.8 and then this one in 7.14.1. Um, so yeah, I would say go ahead and... Uh, Take a look at those, see if it's right to upgrade to 7.14.1. That does fix a couple of pretty, pretty major issues, even if Atlassian writes them as low priority. Um, also in the Bitbucket world, um, kind of a, uh, as Atlassian phrases it, a turbulent time for the engineering teams as well as customers um, due to some issues with performance and reliability in recent days. Um, for many services have been performing smoothly, but given the number of people who use Bitbucket, even a small percentage of active users is a lot of people. Um, and so essentially what's going on is that Atlassian has been working on a project for um, almost a year now to move to a new platform. And this move has contributed to some performance issues which are being addressed and should be resolved over the next few days. Um, we're talking about this article almost two weeks after it was written. Um, merging pull requests is taking longer than it used to. Um, remember that merges happen asynchronously in the background. You don't have to wait for a pull request to be merged. If you navigate away, it will still finish 
Um, the UX is going to be updated to make that clear. Um, and then rendering the diffs when you're looking at pull requests is currently slower and sometimes timing out. Active fix expected to be resolved for all customers soon. Um, the context is that for a long time now, um, over a decade, most of Bitbucket services have been hosted in a data center and they are migrating all of Bitbucket Cloud to Micros, which is their internal cloud platform based on AWS. Um, and it should resolve many reliability issues. You just gotta get through the move itself. And a lot of things have been happening behind the scenes over the past year. Um, there are, however, some gaps in the execution, which it last acknowledges and are working to close. Um, file system latency being a big one, we're used to very low latency access to the physical file system on the servers um, in that data center. Um, and so this has, as, as this migration has been taking place, there's been a performance cost on file latency and everything. It was anticipated, they made changes to minimize it. Um, again, once they're completely migrated, this should be much better. Um, as mentioned, merge requests, you can just, you, the merges happen in the background. You don't have to sit and wait for them to complete. Um, and they are going to be looking at how they notify users of success or errors during the merge. So some UX changes coming to that. Um, a little bit around the file diffs when you're doing the pull request. Um, so there's some tips for ensuring those load quickly, keep the pull request branches up to date. Diffs include changes that have occurred since you branched off from target. If you keep your branch close to target branch, fewer diffs, fewer, less computing costs. Um, keeping your pull request small, breaking large monolithic changes into multiple smaller increments. Um, it's good for performance. Also, you know, good for helping your team understand and review your code. Um, so, this, there's, there's a pretty lengthy blog post about this. Again, remember Atlassian is merging behind this or migrating behind the scenes onto a new platform. Some things, some services will be slower than you're used to. Please be patient. They're working on getting that finished. Um, we'll link to this blog post in our show notes. It's, it's worth a read if you're using Bitbucket. It's pretty interesting. So there's a lot of good stuff in there. Um, and again, a lot of these issues should be resolved fairly quickly. So yeah, at the bottom it says, days, not weeks. Yeah. So it's, it is going to yeah, be quick. And um, as, as is often the case, Atlassian does just doing a great job here with their transparency and their communication. Um, so, I mean, th this isn't really the first time they've written about this. They've been working on it for a while, um, but uh, love this blog post and uh, yeah. kudos to Atlassian for, for, you know, really pulling back the curtain here. Definitely. And finally, we are proud to announce the launch of a brand new Adaptivist podcast. It's called DevOps Decrypted and features four of Adaptivist's DevOps professionals talking about their craft in depth. You'll be able to find that on Wednesday, July 28th. You'll see information about it on Adaptivist social media platforms and if you're not following us at Adaptivist already, you should probably jump on that train. And uh, yeah, look forward to hearing the conversations between Romy Greenfield, Jobin Corvilla, Matt Saunders, and Lisa Schaefer. It's uh, really quite excellent. And Ryan, am I right that, you know, in the past, we've sort of done all of our different podcasts on the same URL, the same sort of um, subscription, but 
but we're going to start moving to these being at separate that's right. Tasks, I guess you would say. That's right. We will just we are just going to let you know on on this on this show on this channel that other shows exist, and you won't hear Team Titans on this channel either. We're going to mm-hmm. roll Team Titans onto its own feed. We'll and we'll keep this one exactly the way it is. So this is a little bit of podcast business, I suppose. Uh, this mm-hmm. feed will stay exactly how it is. If you're subscribed, wherever you're subscribed through, you'll be able to find it there. Um, and then DevOps Decrypted and Team Titans will launch on their own feeds, which you can subscribe to independently, which you should to subscribe, to, which you should subscribe to independently. Um, and there's more to come. I can't talk about all of what we have planned for the the world of Adaptivist Live podcasts, but uh, there's going to be more coming from us and some really useful stuff. Can't wait. Because none of us know how to podcast anymore, as we've established. We'll wrap things up here. As always, thank you for spending your time with us today. Um, on behalf of Ryan Spilken and Matthew Stubblefield, really appreciate you listening to us today since we've kind of been all over the place. Reminder that we will link to everything in the show notes. Um, like and subscribe on socials and find podcast feeds everywhere. We appreciate you and hope you have a great day. I'm Brenda Burrell. I'm signing off. Sad news today. and <laughs> Sad news today. Matthew forgot how to podcast. No, 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 no. Do any of us know how anymore? I think you still know, right?